The views and opinions expressed by the hosts do not state or reflect those of the company and its management. Any assumptions, views, and insinuations made by the hosts or guests do not reflect those of the show, the management, and the network. Listener discretion is advised. Warning. This podcast contains spoilers. So hello everybody, welcome to Third World Cinema Club. Did you miss us? <laughs> I'm John Tawasin from Present. Tagal na din. Tagal na, no? <laughs> Oo, parang last October pa. Parang first week pa na October yung ano natin, yung record okay. natin. I'm John Tawasin from Present Confusion. Hi, I'm Princess Kinok of Film Police Reviews. And I'm Jim of Jimmy Likulat Iba Pa. And for today's episode, meron po tayong special guest. Um, he's an award-winning um, documentary filmmaker. He's also one of the juries of Gawad Alternativo section of Cinemalaya this year. And recently, he's one of the panelists of the Ang Docu Talkback regarding Tokyo Docs and co-productions. So, please welcome Mr. Ryan for <laughs> Brazil. Hello po, I'm happy to Yay! be here. So today, we'll be talking about the recently concluded Daang Docu Film Festival. Actually, medyo mahaba yung 2020 journey ng Daang Docu, no? Initially, this was supposed to be released in March, supposed to be shown in UP Cinemas, no? Pero the pandemic hit, and then, ayun na, all hell broke loose. So it was delayed indefinitely until, you know, something could happen. And it resurfaced again in an online form, and all of the entries were shown online, for a duration of about one month, no? for four to five weeks. And uh, we managed to watch a lot of really great documentaries from this festival. So I guess the first point na pwede natin pag-usapan is, ano ba, uh, kamusta naman overall ang Daang Doki for you guys? I guess, umpisa ako with myself. Parang ako, sobrang na-enjoy ko siya. It's one of my, well, wala naman masyadong festivals ngayong taon, pero it's one of the festivals that I've enjoyed the most this year. And personally, wala akong hindi nagustuhan sa lineup sa kahit ano man yung napanood ko. And I hope it shines a light on Filipino documentary makers kasi Filipino documentarists are some of the best in the world, in my opinion. Yung output natin, talaga world class, I think. And we have a lot of stories to tell people. Yun. How about you guys? Anong, what are your thoughts about ano, the Ang Docu film? On, um, I guess, naging advantage for them for some odd, odd reason yung pandemic. Kasi ano eh, when they launched early this year, medyo parang nagkaroon ako ng feeling na hindi sila ganun ka-prepared kasi nga may mga yun nga may pandemic na paparating ganyan-ganyan so alam mo yun hindi naging smooth yung flow pero it was really really great that they finally launched it late 
September, yun with the Marcos thing. Tapos, yun, I agree. Walang, walang tapon sa lahat ng films nila. And it's so amazing to find well-curated films online na hindi siya kalat-kalat. Tapos, alam mo yun, parang maganda rin yung marketing strategy nila to like remind you na, okay, for this week, we have this. And then, best of all, syempre, yun nga, may masterclass. So, hindi lang siya yung festival na feeling mo is something that's getting money from you. Pero it's also adding, reliving that experience that you get sa cinema na para may schedule siya and hindi constricted yung schedule to like an hour or two lang. Talagang stretch siya for the whole week. So you have, although hindi tayo natin lahat, pero alam mo yun, parang you have the chance to watch it. So worth it and free siya. So yun, worth it din na mag-spend ka ng time on it. Tsaka, which is really something that's, you know, that's good for us na mahilig manood ng films. And even though sa mga hindi mahilig manood ng films, kasi accessible siya. So, hindi mo na kailangan mag-login, mag-create ng account and all that. Yun, kasi hosted nila mismo. And yep. it's something that, you know, a lot of other festival programmers should follow, maybe, in the next few months. Kung may pandemic pa din. Diba? So, it's really organized. Yon. Ah, uh, ikaw naman Jim, what did you think of the Dang Doki Festival as a whole? Ako naman na excited ako kasi hindi ako masyadong aminado, hindi ako masyadong nanonood ng Doki in a film festival. And napapansin nga natin na yung mga documentaries, sila yung hindi masyadong napapansin then no once na you attended film festivals, ganun. And for instance, sa isang film festival na na natin before, no? Konti lang yung audience ng documentaries. Tapos usually ang documentaries pa, either mga senior citizens pa yung nanunood, ganun. So, yun. And ang maganda kasi dito with the Ang Docu, dahil nga pandemic, so it's accessible, no? Agree ako with CES. And mas malawak yung nare-reach niya compare kasi with the physical film festival. And this year kasi ang nakikita ko mga strong strong na filmmaking ay sa documentary eh. no so aside from well BL series iba naman ng topic yon pero yon documentary sa short films yung ano ngayon strong kasi wala masyadong full length kasi syempre nagkaroon ng quarantine or pandemic kaya limited yung production ngayong taon yon Ryan, as, as someone who's worked on documentaries yourself what are your thoughts on ang docu Ah, uh, yes. Actually, attend ako. Mismo invite ako ng mga festivals abroad for, I mean, documentary. Festival for documentary. Kaya nung narinig ko yung Dang Docu, parang sobrang excited ako. So, I'm naging happy ako at the same time. Kasi sa ibang bansa, yung documentary nila talaga, ay yung festival nila talagang solely for documentary. You can watch a lot of documentaries doon. So, karamihan sa mga South Korea and Japan, yung mga festival talaga sila for documentary. And minsan naisip ko pag umatindo ko, nakakita mo, sana nagkakas sa Pilipinas. Kaya nung nagkaroon ng dang docu, parang, wow, this time, meron ng festival solely for documentary na hindi lang siya singit sa ibang festival. Kasi based on my observation, parang ganun lagi yung nangyayari. So, ayun, just want to tell din na, remind na, parang naging bold yung decision ng team dito, no? Nung yung uh, dang docu team, kasi parang gusto niyata nilang magkaroon ng ano, festival for a 100 year ng uh, Philippine cinema. Kaya siguro pinush din nila itong uh, documentary film festival. And what I really like sa dang docu, yung mixture ng stories, no? Hindi lang siya, sa Pilipin kasi very known na documentary for TV, eh. Dito, nagkaroon ng uh, pinasok yung ibang flavor, ibang pagtingin sa documentary yun, yung mga indie. Parang it's a good combination na hindi lang siya purely for television documentary at the same time. Merong mga independent boss, may independent voice na pinasok na dapat nating maintindihan. Ano yung pinagalingan ng mga filmmaker na to? Ano yung background nila? Ano yung pagbuo nila ng kwento? Which is for me very important sa documentary filmmaking. Ayan. 
So, hopefully, in the future, magkaroon pa tayo ng mga ganitong klaseng festivals, yes. no? Oo, kasi, parang, when we look, when we think about Filipino films, yung documentaries doesn't exactly, yung parang, ano, automatically come to mind. And a lot of people, kahit na within film circles, they look upon documentary films differently compared to, say, narrative films, ganun. So, ang ganda na may platform tayo for these filmmakers to showcase their work and it's something to be proud of i think banggit ko nga din kay Brian kasi before nung pag nagkakausap kami sa work no nung wala pa siguro kami ng chat minsan nagkakaano kami chit-chat kami niyan ni ano ni Brian na ang Filipino kasi tayo na nasanay tayo that yung documentary libre because of the free TV national TV yun lang so hindi tayo sanay or hindi tayo aware na may mga documentaries na pinapalabas sa cinema saka I believe hindi kasi nag-take risk din diba or nag-invest mga producers or yung nagpa-finance ng documentary to hmm. create more documentaries. And aside from that, I believe hindi rin siya sinusuporta ng mga yes. cinema sa mall kasi hindi natin alam kita siya eh. Nandun yung part ng ano ng documentary. So kaya maganda rin na nagkaroon ng daang docu para hindi lang nalilimit with the full-length fictional films kundi kakaroon tayo ng variety ng pinapanood natin which is docu. Diba? And nakita natin iba-ibang form. May short, may long form. Di ba? Yes. <laughs> documentary in so, ano lang. So, ko rin i-add na ang documentary ay ano ah, um, hindi lang siya nakakahon sa konsepto ng balita. Isa siyang pelikula rin na dapat maitindihan din ng viewers na film din siya. Na, kasi parang nasanay sinasabi ng mga Pilipino, ng mga ibang Pilipino sa TV, ah, balita. Which is for this lang docu, parang nagkakaroon ng karong uh, para nare-remind yung mga people na it's also a film. It's, a only, it's, also, it's also a genre. Na, yun. <laughs> Tama. <laughs> yun, no? I guess let's go to the meat of the, our discussion. So, this festival has been divided into five like programs, each with their own parang overarching themes. These programs are Ecology, Nation, Taboo, Localities, and Future. And so we'll be discussing one film from each from each like program and then three additional films that we want to discuss na hindi kasama to sa first five. So for the first program, it's Ecology, no? For that, we've chosen Christopher Brugada's Bullet List Dreams, co-directed with uh, Charena Scala. It's It's just a 29-minute long film, but it's it follows the Luma children in Bindanao as they escape from military rule due to, you know, continuous conflicts. And the rising tensions between these factions have separated the main, like, subject of the film, si Chirceline uh, Empong from her family, but she vows to fight for her right to reunite with them in the future. So what did you guys think of Bullet Lace Dreams? This is Top's second film that debuted this year in 2020. Another film of his that debuted was uh, in Cinemalaya 2020. Elihiya. Elihiya sa Paglimot. Elihiya yeah. ng Paglimot. Yeah. 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 And uh, what did you guys think of this film, uh, Bullet Lace Dreams? Um, sa akin, Bullet Lace Dreams is a powerful documentary, you know? Nabanggit ko nga doon sa review ko na in Bullet Lace Dreams, tinatama niya yung fake news, di ba? Kasi parang ang nangyari kasi noon, naging ano eh, naging 
fake yung balita na, di ba, yung mga bata, yung mga luma, they are trained to be a communist. Pero dito, nakita natin yung katotohanan that they only wanted to be educated. Di ba, yung parang gusto nilang matuto, gusto nilang, hindi lang matuto magsulat at magbase Gusto nilang ipaglaban yung karapatan nila. Kasi ang mga IT, they are, ano eh, tortured, harassed by... Sadly, no authority na sana sila yung nagbibigay ng ano, peace and order, yun yung pinakita doon sa documentary. And ang nakikita ko kasi sa documentary, I, I believe ba Brian will agree, na kitang-kita mo yung roots no, nung mga natutunan ni Tops Brogada from the network. Ganun. And even, yes. nakita ko rin naman yun yung treatment niya in, ano, in Elihiya sa paglimot. So, yun, powerful siya, matapang. Actually, ang daramdaman ko while watching it, nagalit ako. Kasi bakit ganito? Parang unfair yung nangyayari, di ba? Yun yung hindi natin, yun ang maganda sa mga documentaries kasi hindi natin, ito na yung mga part ng ibang bayan or ito yung mga lugar na I believe hindi na natin napupuntahan. Hindi na tayo, kumbaga, in other words, masakit man or harsh, wala na tayong pakailam eh. Di ba? Kasi ang iniisip na natin, medyo pag dito sa city, iba rin yung problema, ba? Diba? So, dito mas nakita natin, ah, matindi rin pala yung pinagdadaanan nila ng mga IT sa Mindanao. Ayun. Yun nga, uh, medyo, yung observation mo, Jim, it, it can be applied to a lot of the films dito sa festival. Mm-hmm. Right? Kasi, they show yung gross, parang systemic inequality between or oppression sa mga tao at Mimi sort of parang kasi if you watch kunyari a fiction film na kunyari based lang on a true story iba yung level of engagement in my view anyway kung doon versus yung to- talagang kwento ng tao mismo asin yung totoong kwento nila as seen in documentaries mas may, mas parang may personal connection kumbaga or parang parang ano, to engage with the subject of the docus kumpara sa kung fictional character lang siya. Although, yun, meron namang fictional narratives na, alam mo yun, mataas din ang engagement mo. Pero still, yung, yung iba eh. Kasi mga kapwa mo, tao din to eh. No? Kaya mga kwento din nila. So, kaya ano, talagang default na emotion ko while watching <laughs> a lot of the films mm-hmm. sa festival, nagagalit ka talaga. So I had to pace mm-hmm. myself kasi syempre BP, gano'n. <laughs> yun. Uh, how about you, Brian? Your thoughts on um, bullet lace strings? Actually kasi, na, nasundan ko yung journey ni Tops dito eh. Kasi, finish siya to sa Tribeca and then at the same time sa Tokyo Docs and nakakuha siya ng support sa pagkakaalala kaya na-produce niya itong documentary na to. Nakakuha rin siya ng mentorship from Tribeca yata na uh, nagtumulong sa kanya para buhay niya. So nakita ko yung effort ni Tops kung gaano time and effort yung uh, in-invest niya sa film na to. And I think nag-reflect naman siya sa film. Kasi uh, ayun, gaya na naman naman ni Jim na inis din ako na parang ano ba to? Parang dapat yung government na nagpo-protect sa kanila sa mga sudyante or sa school sila pa yung parang uh, parang contributor sa eksena na parang nagpo-prostrate ako dun sa sa nakapunod ko kasi ang napunod kong version nito is yung pinalabas sa Japan eh, na, na I don't know kung ito rin yata yung version na pinalabas sa sa Dango so yun marami siyang alam ako I guess two to three versions na yung uh, na nagawa yata ni Toxic. Ayun, sobrang bilib ako sa team. Tsaka haharap ka sa situation na may conflict and then merong uh, mula ng mga bala. It's very 
ano kailangan mo ng bold na kailangan mo maging matapang para mag-document sa ganyan sa'yo na. And I think, for me, it's a very important subject na kailangan mag-document natin ngayon. I'm speaking for the perspective ng documentary filmmaker. And for me, tama yung ginawa ng team nila for this story. Good. Okay. Any more thoughts before we move to the next film? Tayo, hindi ko napanood. Pero I'm hoping na mapanood ko siya ulit or ma-release siya ulit. Pero listening to all of your thoughts is, is very interesting. Sabi nga ni Jim sa akin nung pinanood niya to, sana napanood ko siya kasi nga tungkol sa IP, tapos yun nga yung sa Wardon, ganun, which is still ongoing. Sa akin, kung may makikinig na tong episode na ito, especially from the South, kasi hanggang ngayon talagang, kahit hindi ako dun lumaki, pero alam mo yun, I'm very exposed to the conflict na nangyayari dun. Yun. Kasi ang, if it's very strange for me na ang dami sa kanila na kahit nandun na sila, nagbubulag-bulagan pa rin sila in, in what's going or what, what's happening rather. They find that kind of safety in closing their eyes, which isn't always the case. So, yeah, kudos to the team of for them for making this kind of film. But again, I hope na maraming makapanood nito kasi it sounds like a very important film. So, yun. <laughs> Done. So, Our next film comes from the Nation section. It's from the Probe team actually, directed by Howie Severino. It's called May Istorya Nga Tayo, Patay Naman Tayo. And it was taken during the Basilan Siege. And talagang buwis buhay no, ng mga reporters at mga journalists doon during the time. Kasi may, may time doon na akala nila yung kasama nila patay na. Pero when they mm-hmm. met up with them later on, Parang sobra makikita mo yung relief sa mga mukha nila. Pero it's galing nga doon sa title, is this story worth dying for, no? Parang ganun yung dedication ng mga journalists natin to their work and in trying to deliver the news. And in, in that perspective, this program nation is about how Filipinos, how filmmakers, they interrogate historical memory, how they process history. And here are the history tellers or the history, ito yung mga historians natin, kumbaga. And the lengths to which they go to do what they want to do is kahangahanga. Uh, how about you guys? What are your thoughts on this film? Historia nga tayo, patay naman tayo. Sa akin, para akong nag-flashback. Kasi naalala ko yung Basilan War. I think kasi yung papa ko kasi nandun siya nung mga panahon na yun. Hindi siya Basilan War. Basta nung mga shooting sa Basilan. Yun. So, watching Howie Severino document the whole thing, you know, from the Barilan stuff and, you know, yung conflict niya as a journalist to be professional, to show less empathy, hindi man less empathy, pero be objective, kumbaga, to cover the whole thing is is really brave. That goes with the other journalists na nandoon. I think meron ibang mga taga, hindi lang taga-probe team na na-feature dun sa short na documentary. So, yun. So, I think it's the same as yung kanina, in a way, na dito naman sa perspective ng journalists. Kasi it's true, may ibang journalists na they try to cover some people's asses, pero this one is the real thing, you know. Parang dito may kita na hindi ganun kadali yung trabaho nila. So yun. <laughs> Ayun, uh, Jim, your thoughts? Kung napanood mo ba tong, ano? Um, may story nga tayo. Sorry, di ko napanood. Pero si Brian, may tanong ako because nagpo-cover kasi ng mga Greek stories. No? Like oh! the Marawi War. Yeah. Nasa Hong Kong siya, yeah. di ba? Noong last year. So, Ay, talaga? Wow! Um, yeah. Nandun siya. So, before that, Brian, kasi si yes. Abby Severino to, no? 
how was it working with Howie Severino in Eyewitness? Kasi di ba nakaka-team kay I believe so. Uh, actually, wala kami direct na nagkakatrabaho. Pero, pero ah, okay. siyempre, same program kami, Eyewitness. Hmm. Si Howie, ano yung reputation niya, very hands-on siya in terms of uh, drafting ano, his story, kung paano niya bubuin. Parang beforehand, bago siya umalis, alam, this is my ano ah, parang mga nakikita ko ah, before, before siya umalis, alam niya na sa sarili niya kung paano tatakbo yung story. Yun ang pagkakaalam ko sa work sa workflow ni ni Howie Severini. Yung... Ah, Napanood mo ba ito, itong docu? Yes, napanood ko itong docu ni, ni Howie. Ang masasabi ko dito, parang lahat ng journalists, parang, ito ha, this is my observation, parang lahat ng document, ng reporters, nakasama niya dun sa ano, coverage. Ang goal is, makover yung nangyayaring war. Pero si Howie, he shifted his ano, angle eh, na hindi mismo doon sa war. War is only a backdrop of the story. Pero yung ano niya, yung, uh, yung characters niya, yung mga mismo nagko-cover ng war. For me, that's kind of a good parang call na, okay, iba yung iba. Alam niya na yung angulo na gagawin niya bago pa siya po tumapak sa basila. Parang may ganun akong impression nung pinapanood ko siya. Pero kaya lumabas na maganda yung story kasi alam niya yung cover niya, alam niya yung susundan niyang mga tao, which is for me effective siya. Kasi sa mga war story din, ang hirap naman din totally cover yung buong nangyayaring gera. Normally, yung mga kasabayan mo lang, yung mga reporters din o sundalo. So sundalo o reporter, susundan mo na lang. For me, nagbigay siya ng ibang look o ibang eyes dun sa story na hindi nakikita usually. I don't know kung may mga ganito ng story or documentary before ha, before na sa ginawa ni Howie. Ha? Pero parang ito yung unang ganung angulo sa pagbuo ng kwento in terms of documentary sa journalistic style sa Pilipinas. I'm not really sure about it. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. Pero parang yun, yun, yun lang yung nakita kong documentary na nag-shift dun sa journalist perspective. Not totally dun sa war. Kasi parang backdrop na lang yung abosayap, yung mga nangyayari. Pero may mga journalist na working behind. Yeah, yun yung hinanap niya. Oo nga eh. Parang yung camera, parang binalik mo dun sa yung kumukuha nung ano. Yes. Uh, no? Interesting eh. No? Kasi yun nga, tama ka, naging backdrop yung, yung bakbakan. Uh-huh. It's no longer about the, the bakbakan. It's about the yung people trying to the humanity to no? cover yes. the bakbakan. Oh. <laughs> Correct. Saka, I just want to add, I just want to add yung perspective yung nilagay niya dun eh. Parang yung as a journalist, parang kaya ang dali niya na kwento, naswabe, kasi perspective niya sa mata niya and he's a journalist. So alam niya yung nangyayari, alam niya kung paano isusulat yung kwento niya. Kasi ever since naman journalist siya. Parang it's, yun lang, yung gusto na yung point out there. It's a perspective siya ng journalist. It's a very personal uh, film, a very story for me. Tama. Tsaka parang feeling ko as a journalist, you guys always have to, yung parang quick ka on thinking. Kasi yun nga, kagaya nun, real time yun eh, na nangyayari. Parang hindi mo naman pwedeng sabihin na, ay hindi, dito lang mag-focus sa war kasi this is what's happening. Pero siya, parang, alam mo yun, parang yun nga tama, na he had to think na okay, we'll cover the war, pero what's the point, di ba? Parang ganun. So, galing. Tsaka dito yata nakuna si, ano, si, I forget her name, sa taga-ABS-CBN. Uh, ah, yun yung iniisip ko. Nakalimutan ko kasi kung yeah, ano siya. Alam ko yan. Alam ko siya. Alam ko dito na kunan niya eh. And then parang Oo. naging meme na siya sa Facebook. Eh. Oo. Sabi ko, parang, parang kilala ko to. Nakalimutan ko lang. Alam ko na, parang hindi kaya ta na kunan niya eh. Yung probe noong time na yun, nasa GMA pa. 
Yung mga pano, uh, 2002 ata yan, no? 2001. Si ano, Doris yata yun, yung nagsabi. Ayun, si Doris. Ah, so tayo rito, mamatay tayo yung story, ano naman tayo. Parang naging meme yata siya after that. Parang si Miki, hindi ko alam. I'm not really sure, parang doon yata sa sa doki ni Howie yung lumabas eh. Ay, Brian, may question ako. Since, di ba, nag-cover ka ng Marawi War, di ba, and katulad niya sa Hong Kong. So, ikwento mo sa amin yung experience. Kasi, This is a risky, ano, yung mga gritty stories yan, no? So, paano mo ginagawa yung approach or treatment, diba? Actually, sa war kasi, parang, ano siya eh, I covered Marawi and yung sa Hong Kong. Parang, ano siya, parang for me, hindi mo siya mapaplano. Kasi, mapaplano mo yung safety. Alam mo, dapat sa sarili mo kung kailan ka magbabak out. Alam mo, alam mo kung paano yung risky. Pero, minsan kasi, yung pagtakbo ng kwento, parang, kung ano nakikita mo, yun na siya eh. Tapos yun ang susundan mo na lang siya eh. Pero sa perspective na, mm-hmm. sa usual ang ginagawa na, kasi as is na siyang nangyayari, the only thing you can do now is to find a good character. Kung paano mo tatakbo. Like si Howie's, journalist yung tinakbo niya, isang kami, inaanap namin, paano yung sining good character yung susundan natin. And for Hong Kong story, ang, ang dilemma ko that time, paano siya dedicate, paano siya uunawaan ng mga Pilipino? Paano siya maiintindihan ng mga Pilipino? Kasi Hong Kong is not that, I mean, Malapit siya sa akin, pero yung buong, yung issue ng autonomy, issue ng uh, conflict with China and Hong Kong, I'm not really sure kung alam lahat ng Pilipino. Yun yung dilemma namin eh. Kaya sometimes, we need to find a character na, I mean, Pilipino, sa perspective niya, paano niya naiintindihan yung issue na to? Kasi hindi pwedeng bakbakan na nabakbakan eh. Kailangan maintindihan ng viewers mo. Ano yung pinagagalingan ng gulo na ito? Ano yung pinagagalingan ng gera na ito? Kasi as a documentary filmmaker, you need to, you need to tell that eh. Kasi parang, parang ano mo din yun eh. Parang, uh, I think, uh, parang, ang application, obligation ba siya? Or basta parang ano mo siya na may meron ka dapat na mabigay sa audience mo, na maiintindihan nyo na ito. Ano ang pinagagalingan nito? Dapat natin siya maunawaan sa ating like Sorry, masyado nang mahaba yung sinasabi. <laughs> okay lang. Okay, thank you. Okay okay lang. Lang. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for that wonderful answer. Nakikinig oh. <laughs> <laughs> lang kami. Okay. <laughs> Ayun. Um, any more thoughts about may story nga tayo, patay naman tayo. Very interesting topic, no? Kung hmm. kung magpapakwenta tayo ng, my gosh, paano yung di ba nagkakagulo-gulo na para saan kayo nagtago ganyan parang ang daming pwedeng pag-usapan eh. hmm. uh, si Howie napansin ko doon sa film niya ang galing niya mag-create ng symbolism eh dun sa documentary kasi parang end shot niya kaya doon ako naraalala nyo nasa barko ba yun o parang hmm. uh, tapos yung end shot niya is a flag Philippine flag na sira-sira and then meron siya sinasabi about Philippines yung, 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 yung struggle ng Philippines and then yun yung yun, yun, video niya all throughout And for oh. me, that's a very, uh, parang napaka-strong ng video na yun. It's, it's a Philippine flag. It's a simple shot. Parang yun yung, for me, style ni Howie na hindi siya yung totally cinematic style. Of, oh. Yung well-shot, well-framed. It's a simple shot. Na, it tells something. Paano ka naman ganun eh? Hindi ko sa mga ganun. It's a simplicity but it tells story. Ang ganda nga eh, gaya nga nung sabi mo, parang it's not just reporting the news eh. It's telling a story in doon sa mga, yung mga sinabi mo, parang visual storytelling. Talagang na, na itatawid mo, may may na itatawid ka as a filmmaker na hindi normally na itatawid kung if you just reported it as easy. 
may, may, may ganun level. No? Kaya, wala lang. Na, kaya ako rin nagustuhan tong particular document. So, okay. Uh, shall we move on to the next film? No? The next uh, program is Taboo. And our feature film from that is uh, Dreaming in the Red Light by Pabel Manikan. It's chronicles the lives of a mother and daughter living in Angeles City. The daughter is the child of the mother by a German, so parang half German siya. But they live in relative poverty. Hindi sila ganun ka well-off. And they have to do odd jobs to survive. And parang lying underneath that is parang yung the red light industry that is technically illegal pero it's still operating in some fashion there. And from the title, tsaka yung parang naisip kong visual symbolism, para siyang ano, the red light is parang a flame, tapos parang mga gamo-gamo sila na na-attract dun sa flame na yun. And wala silang choice but to go back to that. Yes. Kahit na, yes. kahit na ayaw nila, kahit na gusto nila na mas mabuting buhay, pero sobrang limited ng opportunities nila economically dahil kulang sila sa education or kulang sila sa so sa whatever, sa opportunity sa buhay. Kaya napaka-profound niya sa akin. Makikita mo yung cycle of ano ba, of oppression ganun, na nagaano through generations. Dahil porket nahirap ka, parang sobrang limited na yung ways out mo of that cycle. Yun. How about you guys? What are your thoughts about Dreaming in the Red Light? May pabel manikan. Brian, ikaw. Oh, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yung Dreaming... Uh... Dreaming in the Red Light, kay Pabel. Kaya ako ito nagustuhan kasi kami sinabi ni John kanina yung situation, there's no opportunity and then bumalik yung character dun sa kung paano sila, kung paano yung situation na sila. Nagustuhan ko itong film na to kasi nakita ko dito yung galing ng documentary filmmaker in capturing scene and moments na ang hirap mag-capture for documentary filmmakers, ang hirap-hirap mag-capture ng mga magagandang eksena, that will reflect, I mean, that will show yung live sa nila. Kasi parang hindi lang siya, sa TV kasi we work like for seven days. Hindi mo talaga na-penetrate yung kwento ng isang karakter. Unlike sa documentary ni Pabel, parang feeling ko nakatira na ako sa bahay ng karakter niya, na parang nag-aawis sila doon sa harap ng ano, and then may revelation na buti si ganito, and then karoon ng love affair yung anak, nag-celebrate ng birthday. Noong ko na-feel na, oh my God, ang galing ng na gumawa nito na it's really too hard to, to capture scenes from beginning to end. At sustain niya yun eh. Yung ganung style na parang I'm not really sure kung si Pabel ay tumira doon sa bahay na yun para makuha niya yung mga ganung ka, kagagandang mga eksena. Parang ang impression ko doon na siya nakatira eh. I'm not really sure kung kamag-anakan niya ba itong mga karakter na to or kung ganun kung sobrang close talaga sila or kung nag-immerse siya talaga na nang sobra para ma-capture na yung mga ganung scene. Yun, tsaka kung papansin niyo yung pelikula, nagta-transform yung character eh. Mm. Yung nabuntis, nanganak, nagtrabaho, for nana yun ah. And then for the anak, ayun na niya mag-aral, naganap ng trabaho, hanggang sa naging part na rin siya ng gadgets ng community. Very engaging story. Well-crafted story. Ang alam ko, pinalabas ko sa France eh. Parang karoon ng kinomission siya ng French uh, producer para ipalabas sa France. Ayun. Sobrang, it's, ano, papansin ninyo ah, uh, yung Red Light District for us is not a really new story. Pero kay Pabel, nandigyan niya ng ibang flavor eh. 
nagkaroon ng understanding kung paano naging buhay. Kasi parang, di ba, yung uh, sex work or prostitution or kung ano mga about religious like district, naging popcorn issue siya eh. Sabang tumatagal, di ba? Parang, oh, yan na naman ako. Ito na ba't ngayon na naman. Pero this time, nung pinunod ko siya, kasi I have this mindset na ito na naman ako about the religious like about ano sa ganito. Parang naging popcorn issue siya. Pero nung napunod ko siya, napasok ko yung kwento nila. Nagkaroon ako ng understanding, mas naunawaan ko yung buhay nila. Na you don't judge them. Hindi mo sila judge after watching the film. you will respect them. And then, minsan, mainis ka. Wala silang way para makalabas na dun sa ganong uh, bubble, sa ganong situation. I don't I talk too much. Hindi, <laughs> sige lang. Oh, actually, lang. ayun. You came to the right place. Isa yung ito, nagsalita ko lang. Okay lang yun, nakaba. It's the right avenue for that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Documentary sobra ako ano, sa mga doki. Yes, go Brian. Kaya <laughs> sobrang gusto, gusto ko siya. Parang sa, hindi ko lalagay, hindi ko lahat napanood. Pero yung style niya kasi, almost the same kami ni Pabell ang style. It's, Kaya siguro, mas, kaya siguro bias ako daw nagsok siya. Kanya-kanya kasi yung mga documentary film niya, kanya-kanya yung style yun. Ayan. Something kasi it's hard to capture scenes talaga eh. Si ba sa narrative, you create your scene. This yeah. time, you wait for the scenes. Yes. This is, kaya tumatagal yung documentary eh. Ayun, ang galing ng transformation for this story. Ang transformation, hindi lang sa mother, pati sa anak. Pati sa buong art ng kwento. Which is... Yun yung gusto ko din. Para talaga naging, parang organic yung kwento eh. Parang you see these characters. You live with these characters. May level of parang intimacy uh, that you share, that they are sharing their lives with you. Tapos hindi static, yun nga, hindi static sila. Parang the film ends in a very different place where it begins. Yes. I'm not really sure kung, kung dumaan si Pavel kay Didzi. Kasi in terms of yung... Dizzy Carolino, siya yung isa sa mga docu-filmmaker natin sa Pilipinas. Na parang... I'm not really sure kung student ka ba si Pavel o nag-apprendi siya kay Didzi. Lumabas eh. Nakita ko yung Didzi style dun sa, mm. sa documentary. Have you watched Bonso? Yun yung mga documentary ni Didzi. Yes. Nakita ko lang dun sa film ni Pavel. Ayun. So, uh, Princess or Jim, have you seen Dreaming in the Red Light? Naku, sadly hindi. Sorry. Hindi ko rin siya napanood. <laughs> Ayun. Something to look forward to in the future. Yan. So, thumbs up sa amin. Galing sa amin dalawa ni Brian. <laughs> thumbs up. <laughs> Two thumbs up. Kaya nga, interesting eh. Gusto ko tuloy mapanood. Kaso hindi ko napanood. Sorry. <laughs> Hopefully, mapanood natin ulit in the future. Uh, or sana i-release siya ulit. Oh, parang the best of the ang docu. Napalabas pa sa Q-Cinema itong gaming in the red light. Sorry, kasi hindi ko siya... Parang hindi. 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 Tat- yung tatlong Q-Cinema docus was A is for Augustine, for my alien friend, tsaka yung yes. isa. Ano yung favorite ni Johnny is eh. Ano isa? Which one? Yung, for my alien friend yung paborito ko. Ah, okay. Hindi, sino ba? Ay, isa ba sa may... Yung may, hindi, mayroon kasing previous na Q-Cinema films na yung kay Wena Sanchez na, no? All Grown Ah, yung All Grown Up. Ah, yun, yeah. All Grown Up. Tsaka yung... Tsaka si Pabel, ang alam ko, magkaibigan niya ta sila or basta may company mm. niya. I think involved si Wena Sanchez dito sa Dreaming in the Red Light. Dreaming in the Red Producer or something. Basta may credit siya dito. Mm. Pero yun. That's it. That's the end of this episode. 
Thank you so much for listening. This would not be made possible without your support, and of course with the help of Cudbrin Podcast Network's team, headed by Patricia Marie Ferrer, Network and Podcast Manager Ellie Kieron Cole, Social Media Manager Rowan Palomares, Business Development Team Lead Lee Lirio, and from the creative side, Christina Lido and Andre Luis Castillo Ibanez. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts from. Third World Cinema Club.